Welcome to the latest reflection based around the HTB Bible in One Year program and that. I know some of you are still following this and some of you are quite up to date and this reflection will maybe cover stuff that you looked at quite a while ago. Others might be struggling along the road and you may have just got this far or not even got this far. I pray that if that's you, you will have the perseverance to keep going and that God will reward that perseverance. Some of you may have given up or never even got started. Well, you're still welcome to connect with this. I pray that however you come, God will have something for you in today's reflection. Today we're considering days 104 to 110. It covers the latter part of the book of Deuteronomy and a chunk of Luke's gospel, focusing on Jesus' entry into Jerusalem and the early part of what we call Holy Week. And today I want to sort of focus on a question. What do you think that God wants for you? Does God want you to thrive, to flourish? Well, I imagine if I asked that in church, you'd probably get the immediate response, yeah, of course. But how convinced are we really? From that primal story in Eden, we recognise that part of the human condition is this suspicion that God is holding out on us, that God's keeping stuff back from us. And even today there are those who would argue that if humanity is to grow and develop, we need to shake off the shackles of our belief in God and all that that supposedly imposes on us. But it's quite an old question. It's one that pops up during several of our readings this week, particularly in day 110 in both Deuteronomy and Luke. Deuteronomy is the last of the five books that are sometimes called the Pentateuch. It's a word which simply means five books. In Judaism, it would be called the Torah, which is often translated as law, but it can also mean teaching, guidance, direction, way. In Deuteronomy, we read of Moses giving a series of sermons to the children of Israel shortly before he hands over the leadership of the people to Joshua, just before he himself dies and before the people cross over into the promised land. And he repeats the story of how they got that far. But as the Pentateuch draws to a close, it's like it returns to that primal Eden story, to that primal questioning, that, pr that very first suspicion of what does God want for us? Does what God want for us, is it for our good? As Moses prepares to hand the people and leave them to God and to Joshua, he says to them, what I'm commanding you today is not too difficult for you or beyond your reach. It's not way up there in heaven so that you have to ask, who's going to go up there and get it so that they can proclaim it to us and we can obey? Nor is it way across the sea, so that you have to ask who will cross the sea to get it and proclaim it to us so that we may obey it. See, I set before you today life and prosperity, death and destruction. I set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now choose life so that you and your children may live. He's reminding them once more. That God's not just in the business of bossing them around, of keeping them in their place. God is for them. 
God is on our side. God wants what is best for us. But we do have to choose it. He can set before us the way. But we do have to walk in it. The other reference comes in the book of Luke. And it's from the mouth of Jesus himself as he approaches Jerusalem. He looks out over the city and he weeps over it, saying, Oh, Jerusalem, if you, even you, had only known on this day what would bring you peace. But now it's hidden from your eyes. There it is again. God's longing for us, but the need for us to recognise it, to receive it, to live in it. The choices we make matter. The notion that God wants us to thrive and prosper. I'm afraid all too often it's in the wrong hands. It seems to be the sole property of dodgy health and wealth teachers on religious broadcasting channels, promising huge financial rewards for those who plant the seed by sending them that little bit of money. And they sound so convincing, partly because, well, you have to be pretty charismatic to get on telly in the first place. And also, they can always find a couple of Bible verses to back it up. But it's a very limited, superficial idea of prosperity and blessing. Because it doesn't mean that if we just do the right thing all the time, everything's going to go so brilliantly. We'll be rich, we'll be healthy, and so on. Some can read Moses' words like that. But the problem is, we then step into a tougher period and we go, oh, have I done something wrong? Have I stepped out of line? And then people like me come along and talk about how your choices matter and it kind of reinforces that notion. But the world is more mysterious and interconnected than that. We are people of grace, not karma. The same rain falls on the good and the bad alike. Sometimes bad people prosper. Sometimes good people struggle. And not despite their goodness. Sometimes even because of it. And because of their commitment to it. It takes faith to believe that God wants life, peace and prosperity for you. That God wants you to thrive. When you're in the dark places. And nonetheless, we don't always recognise the things that need the peace. We don't always make choices that lead to human flourishing, either for ourselves or for others. We do fall, fall to that suspicious voice which whispers, God's holding out on you. If you don't look after number one, who's going to look after you? There are circumstances where, yeah, We've made a bad choice and the outcome was predictably bad. I mean, if I decided to put this entire month's stipend on a three-legged donkey in the 215 at Newmarket, it's a pretty bad choice and it's unlikely to win very well, is it? And there's no point in me blaming someone else. But it's not always that straightforward. But God has shown his commitment to us in Jesus. He has shown he is God with us, God for us. God who wants us to discover life in abundance. He has shown us that simply doing what is right, 
doesn't guarantee the easy life because we see that in Jesus too. But he shows us that if we will keep trusting that God will be faithful and God will bring his plans to fruition. He will be our refuge and strength. The one who holds us and keeps us secure. Let's not leave that message to the name and claim and style charlatans. Let's be people who just hear and appreciate what Jesus calls towards and then go out and live it. May we walk in his paths. May we choose life. Grace and peace be with you. Let's pray. Father God, we thank you that you love us, that you are always for us. Forgive us when we lose sight of that, when we get lost in paths of our own choosing. Sustain us in those times when life is hard, not despite, but because we seek to be faithful to you. Keep us trusting that what you want is best for us. Help us to remember that if God is for us, nothing can be against us. And may we be people that choose the way that makes for lasting life, peace and prosperity. Amen. God bless you.